welcome to another Fran Science Art Podcast Immunology Series. Today I'm going to be talking to you about B-cells. B-cells are part of our adaptive immune system and with T-cells they really make everything work together. And you only realise the importance of both B and T-cells once you have a disease that doesn't have them. So there are diseases such as severe combined immunodeficiency disease where you have no B and T-cells and you find that what you have are lots of opportunistic infections. And an opportunistic infection is one that, you know, just happens to be there and you don't have an immune system, so we'll come and live with you. And, for example, these would be things like pneumonia uh, and a nice sort of candida, a nice oral thrush uh, sort of just sprout because this is what is in our environment. And we're really unaware of how hard our immune system is constantly working precisely because uh, we only realise it once it's gone. So we can look at these, these sort of diseases and say, wow, the adaptive immune system is really, really very important. And I've talked about how the adaptive immune system only really becomes kind of um, switched on and present after about a week, two weeks. In the initial phases, you have your innate immune system, which is there fighting infection, but it's the adaptive immune system that really sort of uh, brings the big guns in. So we find that uh, there are numerous animals on the planet which share a similar sort of immunity to us. My favourite one that I ever discovered was sharks. Did you know that sharks also have B-cells and they also have T-cells and also a thymus? Uh, their innate immune system is also uh, similar. And so our sharks, they have T-cell receptors, they have an MHC class 1, they have an MHC class 2, they have the whole shebang. And it might be that because... Sharks are incredibly migratory and they eat all sorts of stuff. They need this really active immune system present. The adaptive system itself, our T-cells and our B-cells, what that actually recognises in when we're recognising something as foreign is actually an antigen. So just to quickly recap, just as a whistle-stop in case you've skipped every single podcast until now, an antigen is a peptide sequence. And one bacteria, one virus, one pathogen consists of many antigens. An antigen is a peptide sequence and therefore if you're made of protein, you'll have peptides and you'll have antigens. The antigens themselves, the foreignness, is recognised in our immune system by our adaptive immune system our T-cell receptors, or our antibodies. Now, from previous podcasts, I've told you that T-cell receptors, some T-cells, recognise and effective are very effective at getting rid of a pathogen. Um, but an antibody, and what exactly an antibody is, and how an antibody is produced, is slightly more involved. And so that's essentially what I'll be discussing in today's lecture. Again, one of the easiest ways of seeing how important B cells are is to see, you know, we've said what happens if you don't have B and T cells in severe combined immunodeficiency diseases. But if you have a, a B cell, a B lymphocyte, the development of which and the function of which is abnormal, what will happen? So you can sometimes see symptoms of this when you have a defective antibody response to a vaccination in some cases. 
uh, or if you have reduced levels of serum immunoglobulins, so simply in your blood you don't have circulating levels of antibodies that we normally have circulating around. And this can happen for numerous uh, re reasons. Sometimes you have diseases such as juvenile arthritis, you can have cancers, lymphoma, and there's a, a great DNA virus called the Epstein-Barr virus, and this actually infects and targets human B cells and induces their proliferation. So you have an overproduction of B cells and causes the immortalization of the cells and the development of lymphomas, of the sort of B cell cancers. One of the most, I'd say, famous uh, B cell cancers is something called a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And this can be associated with pesticides, solvents, mothballs. And I say famous because a lot of famous people have uh, actually lived with it so and, and died with it. So we have uh, Jackie Onassis Kennedy had it. Um, there's Mr. T, Gene Wilder, otherwise known as Willy Wonka. They, they've all had it. Um, and most of these non-Hodgkin lymphomas are of B-cell origin. And with modern treatments these days, most patients with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma actually have a really good survival rate, approximately 50 to 60% of five years. And 30% of patients with aggressive non-Hodgkin's lymphoma can actually be cured. The symptoms of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is sort of the, the most common manifestation of lymphoma is, is a lymphadenopathy. So you've got your... Uh, symptoms can include fevers, night sweats, weight loss, and just feeling really, really tired. And sometimes you get pruritus, it's a witchy skin. Um, and the way it's treated is that we can create in a lab uh, antibodies in a lab. So we're going to sort of like the dual function of antibodies. We can also use them in medicines. They can target proteins on the surfaces of your B cells. And there is a marker, a molecular marker, uh, on your B cells that is thought to, we don't know what this protein really does, called CD20. It's believed to sort of be involved with calcium transport. And all mature B cells, all of them, have this marker. If you look down a microscope at a B cell, it just looks like a sickle cell. It's nothing really exciting about it. But at a molecular level, there will be these tiny little proteins that can be identified. And again, these cluster of differentiation, these CD markers, there is a CD20 on every single B cell and no other cell, only B cells. And cancerous B cells carry this CD20 protein. So if you do have a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and you want to get rid of it, essentially you target that. You target that CD20 uh, protein. And so you find that the you give the medicine, this antibody essentially sticks to the B cells it finds with the CD20 protein. And therefore, once you have an antibody on it, the immune system then uh, starts to get rid of any cells with that antibody covering it. Uh, and they pick out these B cells and they kill them. I will be covering the mechanisms of actions of antibodies in another podcast because it's actually quite an involved process and a lot of other cell components and components of the innate immune system are also involved. Really rather fascinating. So that's for the other podcast, which will be on antibody mechanisms. Funnily enough, antibodies are actually made by B cells in our bodies when we're not making them in a lab. And that's how amazing they are, is that we have evolved such a creative mechanism, such an effective mechanism of getting rid of germs, that our big pharma biotech companies have copied it. That's how good antibodies are. 
and B cells make antibodies. And you find that on the surface of a B cell, you have lots of little tiny uh, CD20 antigens and also lots of little tiny B cell receptors. And these little B cell receptors look like little tiny antibodies. Each B cell that we have in our body will express on its surface just one type of antibody with the specificity for just one antigen. And if that B cell happens to come into contact with an antigen of choice that it will match to, it will promote the phagocytosis of that antigen. So B cells are actually antigen presenting cells. So when I said before, way back when, that the innate and the adaptive system, you can't just sort of pigeonhole things into different classifications. There are parts of your adaptive immune system that can phagocytose, and that is your B cells. So a B cell is capable of phagocytosing, and the receptor that prompts phagocytosis is the B cell receptor, which is shaped like a little tiny mini antibody. The antibody binds the specific antigen, and it promotes phagocytosis. And as soon as it phagocytoses, it drives the B cell to divide and differentiate. And upon differentiation, they differentiate into a completely different cell called a plasma cell. And also a little bit on the side of some memory cells. And each of these cells, the plasma cell and the memory cell, will have the same antigen specificity as that original B cell. So each B cell that you have circulating in your body will be specific, will be specific for a different antigen. Okay, so on the surfaces, it will have little tiny mini receptors, B cell receptors that look like mini antibodies. And these will all bind different antigens. They're all different. But once one of those B cells has bound and divides and differentiates, the plasma cells and the memory cells it produces will be identical to its parent. Because the action of antibodies is so effective, and again, if you're going to induce an adaptive immune response, the effects are so profound, we find that the activation of our adaptive immune response is really a kind of quite a long and involved process. So the production of antibodies from B cells is many, many little steps, which I'm going to describe to you now. The B cell Okay, it, it has recognised something. It's recognised uh, a microbial protein antigen and on its B cell receptor, it is able to bind to it. The B cell will then phagocytose that pathogen and then digest it with its phagosome, its phagolysosome, uh, and present the uh, peptides, the antigens, on the surface of its own MHC2 molecules. So B cells express C2 molecules. The B cell cannot be further activated until it gets help and this help comes from our T helper cell. B cell activation is quite an involved process so first of all the B cell has to recognize we're using its little B cell receptors the sort of presence of the foreign body and it phagocytoses it and that's great. However to actually get it then activated it needs T cell help Unlike the cytotoxic T cells, which just are activated in the presence of certain cytokines produced by the T helper cells, 
The B cells require a different type of help from our T helper cells. And it all stems around the fact that our B cells present an MHC class 2 complex on their surface. If you remember, our helper T cells, our CD4 T cells, have the capacity to bind to MHC2. And there's absolutely, it's no different if a B cell or a dendritic cell has an MHC2 there. The, the T cell, the helper T cell, will be able to bind to it. So here you have uh, a B cell present that has phagocytosed something and it is presenting and it is processed uh, and presented its antigen on its surface, just like any other phagocyte. In the lymph, it encounters a helper T cell, a CD4 T cell, which will bind to it. So the T cell receptor has to recognize the antigen being presented and the CD4 complex has to bind to the MHC2. So your B cells, upon activation, clonally expand. That means that there is a, a large number of identical B cells being produced, thousands of them. And these B cells differentiate into activated plasma cells and memory cells. Every time your adaptive immune system invests in putting that much energy and effort into creating an, an immune response, some of that is put away as memory cells. So you have these active plasma cells which uh, then have the capacity to secrete antibodies into the circulation and they enter into the bloodstream and then they do their thing. So a little bit of statistics now. A single activated B lymphocyte can within seven days give rise to approximately 4,000 antibody secreting cells. And you think, well, that's okay. But over 2,000 antibody molecules can be produced per plasma cell per second for about up to four or five days. Now that's a lot of antibodies. So in summary, B cells are part of the adaptive immune response and unlike T cells, they can phagocytose and are known as antigen presenting cells. When they do uh, become activated by T helper cells, they clonally proliferate. So there are many, many, many identical versions which then can develop and differentiate into plasma cells. Once they're plasma cells, they can then start producing millions and millions of antibodies. And we generally know that once we have loads of those in our bloodstream, it's game over for the pathogen. So I hope you've enjoyed this whistle-stop tour of B-cell immunology. Join me next time for some more immunological facts uh, on Fran Science Art. Thanks for listening. And see you next time.